hey man, you got a ranch and you're doing horseback riding and it's like, you know, not every parents might sign up their kids or you might like, hey man, Kevin's, you know, the Tinder swindler over here and he takes all his girlfriends horseback riding on his dates. And, you know, so he's got like a, a couple subscription for a horse, Tinder you know, those swindler? kind of That'd be <laughs> awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, welcome to the Tourism Titans podcast. Hey, that's where we're at. I've got myself, Stephen Edwards. I've got Andy Kurtz. I've got Kevin O'Neill and Jared Broach. I think we're on episode four, maybe five. This is probably going to be our gem. This is going to be our our number one downloaded podcast yet. So <laughs> where we catch our stride. Yeah, this is our stride, especially after this wonderful kickoff. Guys, we have a couple topics we're going to talk about today, things that have been kind of relevant in the news. And I think our first topic of the day that we wanted to touch on is California phasing out gas vehicles. We are all in the transportation business in one form or another. What does that mean for the future of tourism for the future of our businesses. How is it going to affect those of us operating in California? Andy or Jared, you guys go first. Jared, go ahead. All right. All right. First of all, my vehicles can't be converted to electric without some massive overhaul, but I've been dealing with this. You know, California's not just because they're going electric doesn't mean they haven't done other stuff that's made it really difficult already. Like my vehicles weigh over 20,000 pounds, so they have to meet the California emissions stuff, which is, you know, carb and with that, it's really difficult already. One, it's difficult to, you can't have diesel engines on those types of vehicles already, which anybody that has a 20,000 pound car should know that it's incredibly inefficient to run a gas vehicle at 20,000 pounds. But hey, guess what? California's got me doing that now. I had to ship our gas vehicles already out of state. And I would imagine that when we get to the point of whatever, 2035, when they phase out gas or, or you know, whatever, however they're going to do it, going to be in the same situation where I either got to try to figure out how to convert these huge buses over to electric or I got to ship them out of state and buy new. But the problem is, you know, for me, my vehicles are historic in nature and most of the electric conversions I've talked to, because I'm open to it. I mean, I, I love electric. I think they, they want a hundred minimum vehicles, like which no tour operator I know has a hundred buses sitting in California that they could convert, that they would then pay 250K to convert over. So it's going to be a problem. And as it trickles down into smaller vehicles, it's going to be, it's going to start hitting actual people's pockets, not just businesses. Yeah, I think it's kind of an interesting play. I mean, I, I first off, I think it's really aggressive. 2035 is seems like it's right around the corner. So to think that there's not going to be another vehicle sold in California with that's going to run on gas after 2035 or they're not going to be able to sell it that seems crazy ambitious i don't know well and how does an operator i actually think that i didn't know that no other passenger vehicle can be diesel you're saying like all of yours are currently gas yeah it can be diesel as long as it's like 10 years or less in vintage so like right you know we're in 2022 so if you have a diesel that's older than 2012, every year they just keep rolling off. So essentially this year is the end of the 2012 models. Next year is the 2013s, right? Gotcha. Diesel engines that are made to go a million miles yeah. can't get there, right? I mean, you're you're only getting a life expectancy of 10 years on a vehicle. You should be able to get 30. It's crazy. And I would guess most of the buses that are out there are running on like natural gas or whatever because the cities have converted them to that. But I guess nobody knows how that's going to play out, but... 
to think that all of these vans or whatever, all these passenger vehicles are going to have to, I, I guess the rule is that they don't have to be electric, but all new vehicle sales are going to have to be electric by 2035. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. Go ahead. Go ahead. So there's a couple of things. They, they are phasing out. They, the, the current rule is that they can't sell anything after 2035, but there's also California Air Resources Board rules that are coming in that want to get rid of a lot of stuff, including internal combustion engines. There's a whole thing. I went to a meeting in Sacramento and they're like, you have to switch over to this new type of diesel that is essentially not available. I mean, the, the rules go on and on without any consideration of whether it's feasible. Like they don't care. I have a diesel powered boat that is probably not even compliant right now, but I, I can't even get the answers. Like it, it's really a challenge. They don't care what the impact is on your business. They don't care about the impact that it has on a lot of businesses. Yeah. They can tell that by the way their tax codes are structured. So, yeah. I, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's just going to mean more bad news for Californians, California businesses, and more people migrating the fuck out of there, man. Like, I, I wouldn't want to run a, I wouldn't want to touch a business in California, man. Like, it sounds like horrible. And granted, I'm in Florida. We're one of the most business friendly places that you can go to. And that's still, I find governmental intrusion on my business annoying, let alone that. So I just see more businesses flocking the fuck out of California and good, good. You know, I, I hope it becomes a rotting fucking cesspool. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Thanks for those happy wishes. <laughs> no, just come on. Just no, come to Florida. It frustrates me for you, Andy, and it frustrates me for you, Jared. It, it, it frustrates me for the maritime industry who's who's got no simple answer to this. And it's like, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. I think technology will solve for it and new businesses will crop up in California. I think there's no like infrastructure for a lot of businesses that have in the meantime, and you have 12 years to sort of figure out not just your infrastructure and your business model, but things that are wildly out of your, out of your hand. So as it pertains to any type of maritime, the maritime industry, it's, I think, I don't know that we're 12 years away from a remotely cost-effective electric boat, because I had a friend that put together and it was inboard an electric boat and the coast guard knew nothing about it. It was a one-off and, and he had it built in California and they worked on it for a few years. And it was like, he kept on getting shot down because they just had no other boat to gauge how this would work. And it almost put them out of business. I hope that the coast guard and that California, whatever your fish and wildlife over there is like that there, cause they move like that, that those government agencies moves at a snail's pace. You can't even get boats, badge, or stability tests done or anything like this without three to five years. And for California to try and enroll all this stuff through in the next 12 years, I think it's going to lob the head off a lot of businesses. But in the long run, it'll probably end up, there'll be some technology will solve for this. So interesting problem to not, I'll let you go here in a second, Jared. I mean, something that both Jared and I had looked into and Jared is doing in Temecula is Jared is doing Arkimoto tours. Arkimoto is a company that makes like these three wheeled scooters that run on electric. So I was super intrigued about it because, you know, I'm based in Vegas. My office is right near the strip. Why wouldn't I want to do these electric scooters? And what we ran into was such an, you know, I guess what I would call an infrastructure problem because down in San Diego, they have an office right in downtown, wherever San Diego, where they rent them out of. And the idea of taking 
10 of these scooters and plugging them in to charge overnight at right. your facility. That sounds really easy, except when you figure that most buildings don't have an 80 amp or 100 amp circuit you know, board or whatever it is to charge all of these Arkhamoto scooters. So it's fine. You know, like how many do you have out there now, Jared? Like six, four, six, something like that? Eight? Uh, we have 10 of them. Oh, you guys have 10. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, just that idea of like being able to charge them all at once was like such an infrastructure problem on the building because like who has that much power coming into their building to just charge that many? And think about trying to do electric boats. So you got, you think, you know, you think you can plug in 20 boats on your dock? Like it's not even <laughs> remotely feasible. But no, to that, to that point, it is insane. Like how would you ever... Like, talk about mixing some dangerous shit together. Let's say they figure this out in the 10 years. You're going to start charging jet skis and boats right on the water. We're not talking about dropping a, a toaster in the water. We're talking about dropping, like, full-blown real electric into the water. Right. I don't think that's how this electric works, man. I don't think these things run like, like fucking toaster ovens. No, no, no. But if you think about the amount of electrical shit you have on your dock, like, it's, it's pretty daunting. So do your guys never spill a gas, a, a drop of gas in the water when they're refueling boats? I mean, do they ever do anything never. stupid? So think about all these cords that are now dangling in the hands of retarded 16-year-olds or 18-year-olds. We don't have any 16. You know, it's a problem. It's a big problem. Mental. We say mental. Oh, sorry. I meant retarded in terms of their height, not in terms of being short people. I think there's a greater, the greater cost of here is so first, like, you know, the pa passenger vehicles represent something like 25%. 25% of the production, the use of production of, of gasoline. And then there's another 75% of the market that's made up of various things. I think the, the greater problem is when this happens, it's not just California, but you see the price of fuel go up. Now, it's no secret that we're already in an inflation crunch. And now you're talking about gas is going up to 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I mean, in another 12 years, who knows what the price of the dollar is going to be. So it's like going to be $60 a gallon. But then what happens to supply chain. Now, maybe I'm just thinking in terms of what's going on right now, but the world has been irrevocably changed since COVID. There's all sorts of new bottlenecks because of, because of how we're moving things across the country and changing things. So now you have all of this price increase on fuel that cargo ships and airplanes have to we still have to get goods here and there. So it's not just a matter of, oh, well, geez, you know, we have to change the infrastructure. Infra We're talking about the infrastructure of our entire country and how much it's going to, because if you don't think you can make an electric boat, imagine trying to make an, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out an electric airplane or an electric shipping vessel. How much does this raise the cost of goods for vehicles and for transportation methods that are nowhere near a 2035 drop dead date i i don't think it's going to happen i think it's going to get pushed back i think there's going to probably be some executive orders we're going to probably have some more conservatives probably you know this 12 years out it, it's it while it's right around the corner there's a lot of time for for shit to happen but i think that you, it, i mean i always have to be little miss sunshine over here so yeah things are going to change and there are going to be fewer products that are available to us and there's going to be more and more restrictions 
But doesn't that also present opportunities for the guy that can think around the corner, think over the horizon? So everybody, you know, we're all out of jet skis, right? No more gas powered jet skis. But so you got to figure out something else. You know, maybe it's your three wheeled scooters or you got to change your business model. And it's an opportunity, I think. Do, do kids want to ride jet skis in 2035? Are we not already to, are we to the point of the singularity, man, where AI is thinking faster? Yeah, probably. They probably want to do yeah. it in VR, you know? That way you don't yeah. have to worry about getting wet and salty, you know? Who knows? Yeah, man. You just sit so, in your chair in your yard and somebody throws nice a glass suit. of water on you? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's going to be, be nice. great. Like, fucking jet skis aren't that great anyway, man. I'm not, I, you know, I don't even frankly know the appeal of what I do. I, I don't really <laughs> go sit on a fucking pontoon boat in the middle of the bay all day. Oh, oh I'm all in on pontoons, baby. That is serious fun. Can you drink when you're driving it, when you're riding on a jet ski? No, but you could sure enjoy a cocktail and a cigar when you're on a pontoon boat. I mean, like, like that, that just changes the whole dynamic, man. I mean, really, it's just another fun place to get drunk. You know, it's a good venue to get fucking hammered and smoke cigars and shit. Like, I'll do that in the AC, man, and, and save my melanoma. You know what I mean? Like, I've never met somebody stuff. more in the boat business that hates boats. Don't give a shit. Don't like them. Oh, God, uh, it's, it's not a pontoon anyway. They handle like shit, man. You know, I like a nice something with like a V hole, something with like a nice cabin in it. To Andy's point, yeah, you want to go down in the cabin, have some drinks. Like I'm more of like a yacht guy. You know, can I go and watch Netflix inside the are. cabin? Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to sit on a pontoon. Well, man. That's, that's because you, it's too point. hot. You're so you. you yeah. That's a Florida problem. That's not a San Diego problem. It's, there's nothing better than boating in San Diego. I mean, except and, that there's nothing Andy, to do. You, do you got a yacht? Uh, I do not have a yacht. You have, but you have like a real boat though. You're not out on a pontoon boat. I, I yeah. I mean, I have, but we have a couple boats, and we certainly have access to yachts and. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. I, come on. I, you're I, fucking so, sandbagging no, over I'm, there. I'm yeah. not sandbagging. No, you're not, not a sun out. chaser. No, I would rather go out. On a little boat, then then sit in San Diego Bay in a yacht. I swear to God, my wife is the same way. Like, what do you do? You just it's like sitting in your motorhome. I don't like motorhomes. I don't. I mean, if we're going to Catalina, if we're going on a trip, then you want a yacht, but not for your day yeah. cruise. Are you going to say Catalina? Yeah, I was going to say Catalina. Yeah, man. Like, like not to make it like the water sports podcast or anything, but look, I love the industry and I love the blue collarness of it. But man, I, like I drove boats 12 hours a day for fucking 10 years, man. And I'm just like, I've been on the water in Key West. It was great. You know what I mean? But man, sitting on a, sitting on a fucking pontoon or God, man, a fucking jet ski. Come on, dude. My, my, my ass is like so chapped at the end of that, man. No. No way. So get me some, like, maybe some flying, new fandangled California flying jet ski that I can leave the water and, like, zip around the fucking, you know, in the in the sky and get dried off. You know, <laughs> now, we're, now we're talking, right? But, yeah, I don't know. I think that, um, as Andy kind of, like, you know, mentioned that that's going to provide opportunities and it's going to provide all sorts of new industry. It, it's just, like, we can't be the guys that are sitting here, like, fucking going, like, man, like, what are we going to do? They're fucking now they got this new fandangled fucking steam engine. What are we going to do with our, our cart and buggy? Right, because bad shit's going to happen. Things change. Bad things happen where you stand. You got to keep looking where you're going to be. Yeah, 100%. So it'll be fine. But it, it'll, it will, like, I do think that businesses and people in general are, are just, 
as things sort of get like Chicago and Portland and Los Angeles, I mean, I'm all good on that stuff, man. When I think of California, it's like maybe Northern California I might be interested in, but man, Southern California sounds just like homeless people living in hotels. It sounds really nice. San Diego is pretty nice. San Diego? The yeah. downtown San Diego is like a homeless fucking squatter shithole. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I was I was scared for my life the whole time. I'm from Detroit. I thought some suntan hobo was going to fucking rob Give me. Give me a break. Come on. No, San Diego is cool. I like San Diego. I, I, had, I had a good time there, but there's a lot of homeless people there, man. There are, but most of them are so high that they're not really aggressive. They're just kind of having a little fun. They're like they're like singing hobos, not stabbing yeah, hobos. Exactly. It's because the Fair median enough. home price is a million dollars. They yeah. have to be homeless they can't afford to not be homeless all right guys well that's talking about gas i don't know that we have the answer but we'll keep moving on from there so something i saw that i thought was super interesting and maybe i don't know maybe it happens here in the u.s but there is an airline in new zealand that is offering an all you can fly subscription so you pay a monthly fee or you buy, they, they sold it in a three-month package where in that three months, you could fly as much as you wanted to. Do you in think New that Zealand. this comes to the U.S.? And is this amazing? Do you know how much United Airlines would lose if they offered that to me? Uh, well, listen, <laughs> New, New Zealand is like the, has a square mileage of fucking Michigan, dude. So if you ordered like an all-you-can-fly in Kansas, <laughs> I'm sure it would be a fucking home run. But there's this, it's very small there. And it's, it seems like it's almost like commuter flying. I think like from end to end, it's like 600 miles or something like that. So I think in somewhere like New Zealand, it works. In America, I don't okay. see how that could work. Let me give you a little more details. Okay, so the one in New Zealand, they put it out to a thousand people could buy the subscription. They sold it for a three month period for 498 pounds. Okay. Alaska Airlines is doing something similar. So you could buy their Flight Pass Pro, I guess, and subscribers would be able to fly up to 24 round-trip flights per year. In Alaska? No, it's Alaska Airlines, so it flies everywhere. No, 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 no. But no, Alaska Airlines is flying all over the country. You can go to Hawaii, yeah. Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about Europe, but domestically, I, I have we fly Alaska a lot. And they yes. do. They we fly to Puerto Vallarta all the time in Alaska. And you have the the monthly. No, I don't have the, the monthly thing. I have in that miles. subscription. That's what I'm asking. You can fly right. anywhere in the country as a part of that subscription. It you says the cost of the service can cost up to seven forty nine a month. And what are the restrictions on it? I don't know. I haven't signed up for it. I'm reading the article as we sit here and talk. But I mean, it's seven forty nine a month, and you can fly twenty four flights a year. So I don't know if that's as good of a deal. But that lasts me uh, three months, if that. Wow! Really. <laughs> yeah. That's but, I mean, a I lot of totally flying. Yeah, I can't fly Alaska. Yeah, I mean, I think Andy. Last time I looked at my United status, I was at like seventy-seven flights the other day. Wow, it's a lot of flights. I don't know. Yeah, I, so I mean, I, like, I would be down for this. My problem is, I, I don't think you probably get upgrades and stuff, which you know, it's like like business travelers are going to be like, I don't know if I want to do a subscription. I'd rather just pay since the company's paying. But listen, and, listen, you know, listen to Jared over there, the low-key fucking flex man. Listen what he's doing. You hear, I know what he's doing. I fly 77 times. All first class, ladies. You know? Nope. I hope so. If you fly 77 times, it better be all on the front of the plane. Yeah, man. No, man. I, I, I say this all the time. Like, sometimes, like, a lot of people, like, 
I was like number nine on the upgrade list the other day back from Vegas. And like, how do, how do eight other people fly more than me? Like on, on a Denver to Vegas, you know, that's a lot. That's crazy. So So I see flight pass pro and that's one ninety nine a month. I'm on Alaskan Airlines right now. I do not see the seven forty nine. So what's for? What do you get for two hundred bucks? Six trips per year at one ninety nine a month. Oh, hold on. Here we go. Seven forty nine, twenty four round trip flights, two round trip flights monthly, okay. and then how there much is, is it? Seven forty nine a month for the twenty four. But there are stipulations on where you can go. You're you're not flying this thing to fucking New York, dude. I'm telling you right now. I'm looking well, at my phone. I mean, that's still pretty expensive. At seven forty nine, that's nine thousand bucks a year. And they should have the they should have called it seven forty seven. You know what I mean? And just to be like, you know, seven forty seven, flying out of the sky. They're probably hiring <laughs> in their marketing department if you wanted to apply. <laughs> hey, I you mean, know you guys what? probably aren't super familiar with like Alaska Airlines network, but. You know, like if you do live in Alaska, you are taking a plane everywhere. Seattle is like a big hub for them. That whole West Coast like yeah. area, I don't if it is not excluding like it may exclude international, but but like if you are a West Coast traveler and you stick to Alaska, California, Oregon, like they they fly all these little areas that I mean you could rack up some serious flights like I mean, I know a lot of people that love Alaska Airlines, and I know from my business, wine flies free on Alaskan Airlines. Right. So yeah, they just bought Hawaiian Airlines, and it says their hub is L.A. and Portland. So, I mean, they're flying all over the West Coast. Yeah, so, but, I mean, to that point, then, you're not really, are you're not, like... I don't know if you're saving Portland. anything. Well, no, what I mean is you're not, like, this isn't for, like, a trap. This is not some, for someone who's like, man, I want to travel. This is somebody who's like, yeah, like, has, like, business or is, like, commu- like commuting via flight. Like, for Jared, you know, like, if Jared had business and, you know, tourism and, and wherever, and he's, like, flying all over the country, but all over the country is, like, three or four states, I can see where that would make sense. But as far as, like, a tourist-type thing, like, hey, do you love to travel? Me too. Well, yeah, okay, so let's let's back out of the weeds where we're, like, dissecting yeah. Alaska Airlines. Like, do we not think that this would make sense for a low-budget Spirit Airlines to sell a subscription service you had to commit for a year and it was x amount of dollars and you could get on any flight that had availability wherever you're at and it i mean isn't every company now focused on like what their monthly recurring revenue is yeah that's um, that's what it seems like they're trying to do is like get on that mmr life i i agree with that but i don't think that this makes sense i think that the effort that you have to put into designing it maintaining it and marketing it can't i mean how many fucking flights do they do a day think of how i mean how many customers do they deal with i think it's just such a little drop in the bucket for a lot of work well yes they had scaled they have six trips per year at 200 they have 12 trips per year at 399 they have multiple levels of this but i mean as far as being interesting for anything other than commuting travel i'm not i don't think it seems that okay so consumer so back it up to our businesses because andy you run a somewhat boat club right which is built around the same premise of you sign up, you pay a monthly fee, and you have access to a boat at any time. But it's not included. It, oh, you, you're basically minus a discount club. There are clubs, and I think that there is a model. I just haven't been able to really figure it out. That makes sense because you already have the inventory. It, it does make sense. There's, there's Freedom Boat Club. There's companies out there yeah. that are doing it and doing it well and making money doing it. 
Yeah, but it, again, it has to make it has to make sense, and it has to make sense in your market. Like Freedom Boat Club, like is predominantly here in Florida, and the reason Freedom Boat Club does so well in the state of Florida is because we have year round boating, and you have like an answer to somebody who doesn't want to own a boat. It's ostensibly a time right, boat. right. So I could I could see where that might be semi interesting for a casual boater, but I like I have no idea like what their what Freedom's churn rate would be. I would imagine it would be high. Eventually, someone's going to be like, "Man, I'm so sick of going out on the same boat on the lake or whatever." Or, but their upfront you know. cost is pretty high, so it reduces that churn rate. They actually want churn because they make money on the on the sign up. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like, like this if, idea for a lot of things, like boat boats, maybe. But like, I mean, imagine if you had like a horse barn and you wanted to like rent out, like essentially not own a horse, but you want to like let your kids ride horses anytime or things like that that are like not really feasible like it's not feasible for me to own a boat but it's also not feasible for me to have a boat club because i don't live anywhere near water right but i i do think that there are certain experiences like zip lining you know things that are like kind of fun to do but you know maybe you do them once a month I, I mean i think this translates over i think you just need a very large group of customers already that are pretty loyal to you that are also kind of local, right? I mean, uh, you know, like Andy, it works if they're if you're pulling local people, but tourists aren't going to come in and join your boat club right. and they're flying in and right. they live in Kansas, right? Right, and our local and our locals going to continue to continue to frequent to do the same. It'd be like, oh man, I'm going to do this like parasailing. You know what I no, mean? No, they're not. Okay. But sailboats no. work. Sailboats totally work because sailors are looking. I mean, they they go on a regular basis. It's a pain in the ass to own a sailboat. You got to clean it. You got to prep it. You got to do that. So it does work with sailboats. And my sail club has been successful for a long time, but I don't do the all you can eat model. And I think maybe that's something to do. And again, I think it's your market too. Like to that point, like you guys have like a higher, you guys have higher winds. You guys like the West Coast, California are like really known for sailing. So there's like, you can get out there and you're going to sail like a lot. You come to North Florida, where, you know, the sailing's not going to be that good, man. You're not going to be ripping out there like, you know what I mean? Like you are there because most of summer is just like right. 5 to 10, man. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of, again, market specific. Andy, you and I, had when we had talked about this before, like I dug into that boat club that was operating out of like Austin. Right. And I mean, it's such an kind of a crazy deal that they've built. So like where Kevin, you're talking about him operating the same boat, that boat rental, that boat club out of Austin, they have like four locations you can rent out of. They have like a hundred Mastercraft wakeboard boats. So you were going out in a beautiful boat. And the biggest like rub that, you know, anybody has talked about in Austin is that it's a nightmare to buy a slip. You can't get a slip spot in Austin. So it made more sense to spend the, you know, 6,000 bucks down, join the boat club and spend $600 a month. And you have brand and you have access to a brand new Mastercraft and it's on a first come first serve model. So if you reserve Saturday, you can't reserve Sunday. And you can't have any forward-looking bookings. So if you reserve Saturday, you can't have a reservation for another six months out because you want it on 4th of July. You have to use your reservation before you can make your next one. It seemed pretty damn cool. It seemed like a great model if you had the money to buy the boats. Steve, is, it, is this not something Polaris is doing already? Yeah, like, yeah they're trying to do the same thing. Yeah, they're trying to get everybody signed up for their for their Polaris Club where you pay $500 a month and then you have access to a razor or a slingshot or whatever it would be whenever it made sense to get. And 
And I wonder, so like, if you take it to like the gym model, like, hey, what's think the name about of that company? What's the name of the company, Steve? There's like an arm of Polaris that's doing it, isn't there? Polaris Adventures. Okay. I was Polar- thinking of something else. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was no, just... But if we take it back to the airline thing, think about like uh, what is the what's the purple gym that everybody goes to? That's like eleven Planet Fitness. Planet, Planet Fitness. Fitness. So Fresh. if Spirit Airlines did this, and like let's say that they charged one ninety nine a month and it was all you could fly, but they know they're going to get way more people signed up for it than they have capacity to fly. And that's, I mean, that's Planet Fitness's model is that they're going to just get a ton of people signed up at a low dollar amount. And I may not need to fly every month, but I know that if this month, maybe I need to go on Tuesday to somewhere and I can fly three times this month. I can fly no times this month, but I'm paying $199. Yeah, the, but $11 to $199, those are, those are two different numbers, right? Sure. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, like people are going to cancel $199 if they don't fly for three months. Nobody cancels a $11 gym membership for three True. months. Right. I see in our industry, there's like two salute, two ways this model works. One, if you have like, like a boat rental, like Andy's got where you can draw a lot of locals, you have this, this thing and you can get these people to come in. I remember that boat club from Austin. Yeah. I really love the idea of that where it's like you, that's a clever concept that you can't make two reservations. Like you only get the one, but the other option I see this working at more so the entire industry. So like nobody's going to have a sightseeing subscription and want to go see the history tours of LA, right? Every time, you know, like they're never going to spend $200 a month right. to, to be able to go on as many history tours as they want of LA or San Diego. <laughs> right. But they might, if it was ever like the same, if it was big boss and big boss is selling, Hey, you can, anytime you travel, you just hop, it's free tickets. It's, $49 a month, you get Chicago, Washington, D.C., L.A. So I could see it working if it was either one big company or it's like, you know, like, hey, Andy and Kevin and... They make an association. Yeah, an association. Yeah. It's like, here's the 16 locations you can come get these boats. Yeah. And, it, you know, that that's... Those are kind of the two things I see. Unless you do fall into this, like, hey, man, you got a ranch and you're doing horseback riding and it's like, you know, not every... Parents might sign up their kids or you might, like... Hey man, Kevin's, you know, the Tinder swindler over here and he takes all his girlfriends horseback riding on his dates. And, you know, so he's got like a, a couple subscription for a horse, you know, those kind of, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, when you said Tinder, I was thinking like, for whatever reason, I was think, thinking like a campfire, like t- kindling. I don't, man, my brain's going. So I was like Tinder and I was like, Oh, the fucking documentary. I got it. <laughs> That would be hilarious if Kevin was a bunch of like took people out on horseback rides. On I'm just sitting over here minding my own business, listening well, I mean, to all I your guys' brilliant fucking ideas. I, I don't know, man. Like n- all of that sounds like I don't know. Feel as though like that is so much squeeze and so little juice, man. Like associations and fucking like it. It just seems as though like trying to create a monthly reoccurring revenue model applied to something that you're only going to do a couple times a year and like an enthusiast at the end of the day, like, right. So the churn is good because you're going to weed out the people like this, this isn't worth it because I'm not doing it enough. And then the people that are doing it enough are eventually just going to go out and buy the thing. They're going to buy the horse and ride the horse all the time. They're going to buy the boat and ride the boat all the time. Like it's the same thing. So this nautical, 
Oh, it's okay. Oh. I'll just go. It's cool. I'll just go fuck myself. It's fine. No, sorry. Uh, go fuck yourself. And to the thing, and to back to the plane thing, when I hear like, all right, man, I'm going to fly the Jared to a guy like Jared, this works. But is he going to go, is Jared going to fly like a peasant? Is he going to fly fucking at 190? What do you get for 199? You're in the tail of the fucking thing. You're sitting on a bunch of peanut wrappers. Like, you know what I mean? You're not getting any type of comfort plus. Like, and Jared is not flying 77 flights a year like fucking super uncomfortable plus if you've got to go tomorrow and your subscription doesn't have a flight tomorrow in that then you're going to go to a different airline like it the flexibility doesn't you need the flexibility can you make a last minute reservation can you i i don't really see it working with that i do think it works in the boat model a lot of people can't so they want a boat they can even afford a boat but they don't have any place to keep it either in the water or on a trailer they don't have a truck to get it but i i mean obviously a boat club fucking works like it you know, there's plenty of them. They have them. They were successful, right? But wow, that's insightful. Yeah, like I mean, I wasn't saying that to the boat thing. I just, I think it becomes right, right. I but the pl- I don't think the plane thing works. Yeah. And, and yeah. then I wonder how much does it work? Like fucking, like what are you doing per? Would you rather rent them or have a boat club? Let's put it that way. Well, that's the problem that I had. So I did the I did the numbers. Let me just so I did yeah, the yeah, numbers. So it, I mean, let's say I do, you know. I, my pontoon boats, I can do a lot. I can do like $80,000 per pontoon boat. Why the fuck do I want to sell a subscription for that? They're not, I'm not going to get $80,000 exactly. on a pontoon boat. Exactly. So the, it didn't make sense. But if I could do my standard pontoons that I'm renting and then add them, then it makes sense. But it's marginal revenue. It's not it's, it's not the same piece of equipment. Right. Well, so this is why it makes sense. So, okay, the Nautical Boat Club, the one out of Austin there that yeah. we, we've kind of talked about. So they have two different packages. They have their weekday package and then they're like unlimited anytime package. It's 7000 bucks to join. Right. And then it's $500 a month for weekdays, $600 a month for weekends. And the reason this makes sense is because, you know, you get access then to their fleet of mastercraft boats right well, that boat is going to cost you a hundred and fifty thousand dollars minimum i mean right. you know so you can't buy it for less than 600 bucks a month plus then it's slipped it's right on the water and you put in the reservation and you show up and you drive a boat for 600 a month it's i mean it's i have a nautique and i know what it costs me every day to take it out um it would be way more economical to have a boat club and I just make the reservation and take the boat out when I want to go out. Yeah. Do you guys think that this is just more so these companies, this business model that they've built, they're doing this essentially because that's how they're building their value to sell or to go public or whatever. Whereas like us, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily make all that much sense because we're not looking for a valuation. We're not looking to raise funds per se. And you end up in this situation where it's like, yeah, we're taking ticket sales every day, right? And it's not recurring revenue. But when you go into the the bond markets or you go into like the finances and you're trying to sell, people love recurring revenue. So when you have a year contract, you only have X amount of risk, right? For at least 12 months. So even in a bad economy, people can't even get out of these without buying out their membership or doing something, right? So there, there's this like, there's this value to that. And I think on Wall Street or whatever mains, whatever, whatever fucking street you're trying to sell this business on, that's where the value comes in. And I think that's why they're doing it for an airline. I, you know, I don't know if that matters for us. I, again, it's, it's a lot of work. Andy, you would probably, instead of, instead of selling a subscription, you rather just sell full price and you'll take the risk that the economy doesn't collapse and you can, you know, essentially just keep making the revenue you have. Right. 
I mean, there's, otherwise, there's no point. But I think it, you're absolutely right. It is a good hedge against against a bad economy because you got people that are committed. And then I think you can also pick up those people like, oh, I really want to buy a boat, but you know, I'm a little bit hesitant to spend money at 18% or whatever the hell it's going to be. That 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 makes sense. But I also agree the the Wall Street aspect of what you're saying, 100. percent So one, just one quick question: When if you, I don't know if you've ever been members of these boat clubs, but at the end of the time, the Mastercraft is like they're retiring this Mastercraft, this craft, right? Do they then just reach out to the members? Anybody want to deal on it? Like, hey, yeah. we're willing to sell you these boats. Is that is that another revenue stream they have? Because I could totally see people that are doing like jet skis and shit. Like, hey, this is Fleetman. Yeah, the guy in town that does the uh, Freedom Boat Club has a retail outlet, and I see his boats on Craigslist all the time. They buy the boats factory direct. They're you know they, they get the full factory margin on them, and they're selling them for pretty close to what they're paying for them. So I think they that's definitely yeah. I mean, it's not a revenue stream, Jared. Yeah, totally I price into the de, you know the the devaluation of each vessel, so it's just you know what I mean. It's it's priced into the business model, so I don't think it's really another revenue stream. I do wonder about the sh- if you want to call it like the shittiness of your customer because you know there is something <laughs> to be said. You know there is something to be said of like you know when a guy has to go out and qualify to buy a hundred and fifty thousand dollar boat, you know he's probably taking care of it different than the guy that had to write you a check for three thousand bucks and five hundred dollars oh, a month. Yeah. You know, same thing even to the Polaris Adventure program. Like you go out and buy a you go out and buy a razor for twenty five thirty thousand dollars, or you just have access to one for five hundred dollars a month, and you can go out and. I well, know. I think we all deal. I mean, that, that's the same thing we deal with now. I would fairly sure we, yeah. we all have shitty customers that treat our stuff like crap. Whether it's yeah. a a bus, a boat, or a razor. I mean, they're that's the nature of who we're dealing with. Man, yeah. Well, I mean, I think at the end of the, I think at the end of the day, it's just I, if you're gonna go after like monthly reoccurring revenue, you want that to be a part of your business model. I think there's a a lot better ways to do it than fucking, you know what I mean? Giving people airplanes or boats, man. Like, don't get me wrong. I know Freedom does pretty well, and Andy, I'm sure you do pretty well. But I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'd much rather have some, yeah, like a gym or fucking, you know, a piece of software. Or, just about anything other than giving people a fucking boat for five hundred dollars a month sounds like sounds like so much work. I feel like it's a lot of work. This this nautical boat club is in twenty locations. Wow! So and that's just they're just Mastercraft. It's just no. I kind of dug around. It looks like they have a lot of stuff other places, but in Austin, it's all all Mastercraft. Well, and pontoons and some random stuff like that. It's crazy. I, I assume I assume Florida's got something like this, but look, like down in Texas, especially like Dallas area. You can join like a conglomerate of golf courses and you get a membership to like multiple golf courses. And this seems similar where it's like you're not locked into just playing that same course over and over. You get you get membership privileges at like five or six. But I think that's discounts, too. It's not even you're not even getting free rounds. I think you're just getting a discount on those deals. Yeah, it totally depends on the deal. But yeah, for sure, some of them. Or you can like, hey, here's the premium courses. They're still seventy nine dollars to play, but instead of one nine. But yeah, yeah, for sure. But that that model works really well. Like I could see that working in Vegas too, because Vegas got everybody's golfing there. You know, that's true. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I it doesn't cost. There's no monthly reoccurring revenue to be made, but part of our friendship circle. So, <laughs> if you want to be in, a, if you want to be, be on all this free value, make sure you 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 like and subscribe to our whatever it is, our podcast, and fucking rate and review us. Right. <laughs> Is that it? That was a good outro, I felt like. God, is that 
That is like the softest YouTube outro <laughs> I've ever seen. Hey, goddamn! If you're still awake, make sure you make a yeah. comment. <laughs> I mean, I guess we don't really we don't really give a shit. If you want to hang out, cool. If you want to listen to us, cool. If you're cool enough, maybe like and subscribe. If not, that's yeah. cool. If, we'll just we'll just right. we'll put you goddamn. on the podcast itself. There'll be like fucking seventy five of us. But it's fucking time. There we go. <laughs> Tune into Kevin's podcast about how to sell effectively. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you can. All right, guys. Well, it's, it's been, been fun. fun. Have a yeah. good time. <laughs>